0: plan for me, but sometimes it can be hard to see, when I fail at the thing he's teaching me, or if I run from something do i run then no i lean and trust him there are days when my faith feels weak should speak, my cup he fills over the brim, so I need to want all of him, and when that faith feels weak within my soul, he holds me up and he fills the hole. Do I run then? No, I lean and trust in.
1: Well, good afternoon, everybody. Good to see all of you. Maybe you can turn me down a little bit. It seems kind of loud in the house. Thank you. Uh, Welcome to the house of the Lord as we gather to celebrate another great day of his goodness, his grace, his favor, his love in our lives, and uh, just to be able to worship him, to give him our praise. You know, what a gift it is to be able to worship, isn't it? And not only do we get to give God our best in our worship, but he gives us his best as he speaks to us tonight through the word, as we share the sacrament of the Lord's Supper together, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ is ours, given to us Uh, as a gift for the forgiveness of our sins. So uh, what a gift uh, that God has for us as well. Uh, For those of you who are online, we're glad that you are with us, participating in worship too. And uh, we ask that if you're gonna share communion with us online, that you would have your holy place ready, have your bread and wine already prepared so that you can actually participate with us in the confession and absolution and the words of institution, so that we can together join around the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So be prepared and ready for that. All right, in terms of announcements, not a lot except one thing. If you'd like to help us move some mulch, we're still mulching. Uh, it seems like we've moved a lot of mulch lately. Have you looked here at the celebration site? Uh, we're finally done with that. It looks awesome. Uh, but we have some mulch at the faith site now that we need to spread out. So if you want to join us tomorrow at 1 o'clock, uh, you can do that, and we'll move some mulch. So join us for that if you'd like. All right, all that said, it's time to worship our amazing God together, and we'll begin with open up the heavens. So, would you please stand as you open up your voices as we open up the heavens?
0: Feelings I'll hold fast To what is true And if the cross Brings transformation Then I'll be Crucified with you Cause death Is just the doorway Into resurrection life And if I join you In your sufferings Then I'll join you
2: prayer, Christ be magnified in me. You know, today we are talking about um, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about them, it's important we realize our role in talking and confessing our sin to the Lord. So let us confess. Father God of our hearts, we come to you to repent. We have been fixing our eyes on the things of this world. We have let our fears and our anxieties cause us to turn to other things before coming to you. Father, we have sinned and we need your forgiveness.
1: Well, friends, if you've heard me say this before, I think one of the greatest privileges, honors, responsibilities, joys as a pastor is to be able to announce the forgiveness of God to you, to remind you that when we confess our sins, that God is faithful, and He is just, and He forgives our sins, and He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So again, I tell you the good news that Because of Jesus dying on the cross, you are forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
2: Amen. Isn't he a good, good father?
1: be seated. Well, friends, today in worship, we're sort of celebrating two things. It's Holy Trinity Sunday, so we'll be talking about the miracle of how God has revealed himself to us as one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our gospel lesson will talk about Jesus trying to explain what that means to his disciples and to us But the first two lessons, the first and second reading tonight, talk about the beginning of our new summer series. Our summer preaching series is called Lies We Believe. And we introduce that series tonight as we talk about these powerful lies that are in our world that we hear all the time and and how easy it is to, um, to get caught up in the lies and ignore the truth of God. So first of all, we'll hear from Psalm 119. It's that great passage where we're reminded that as we try and search out lies from truth, God has given us this beautiful lamp for our feet. It's called his word. From Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And this is the word of the Lord. And now we hear Saint Paul as he instructs his apprentice pastor Timothy on how to confront the lies and the falsehood and the deceptions in the world in which he lives. He said, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure I have fought the good fight I have finished the race I have kept the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing and this too is the word of the Lord And now Jesus speaks to us about this beautiful relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit from John chapter 16. And since these are his words, let's rise in honor to him. Jesus said, Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, Where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I can tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no more. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This also is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Oh, how eagerly I have waited to begin this sermon series with you. You know, for us, we begin planning our things, you know, six months in the past. You know, six months ago, we had some seeds planted that we wanted to talk about these lies that we believe and how important it is maybe more than ever for God's people to be able to know the difference between the truth of God and the lies of the world because we hear them so much more in our culture and in our world and our social media environment in which we live that we need now more than ever to be able to know the difference between the truth of God and the lie. And I'm excited to do this because the the outcome of not knowing the difference between the lies and the truth is essential for the Christian church to get straight in this day and age. So we're gonna begin this series now called The Lies We Believe. And so if you pull out the little yellow outline uh, that you have, you can see that um, this whole idea that we're surrounded by lies and that people will tell us what they wanna hear and they will close off the truth, this whole concept is not new, right? This is not something that's new to us in our world and our culture, but it has been since the very beginning. St. Paul in our text from 2 Timothy four, I printed this on the the top of your outline, sort of serves as the theme verse for our whole series, the lies we believe. He said, the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. You know, every Thursday we meet for our senior staff for two and a half hours in the morning. And as we gather, we, we pray, we, we talk about the things that are going on in our church, we plan, you know, it's a time for us just to be together and connect our hearts and our lives around the ministry that we share. And it is amazing how our Thursday staff meetings have more and more started to talk about the things that are going on in our world. Starting to talk about more and more about the things that our families and people in our church are having to face and the the struggles that they have speaking the truth and knowing what's right and wrong and even the division that our folks feel in their own families. You know, um, it's just been, seems to be accelerating at such an incredible rate, how things are changing. It seems that that has been our discussion and prayer more and more and more. And that's why we said we need to do this sermon series so that we can talk about those lies and so that we can get it straight in our lives. I mean, do you all feel it, right? I mean, do you all feel that there's been a change sort of in morals, in values, in behaviors today that are called normal and acceptable that we never would have thought would ever be normal and acceptable? Yes? Have you ever had discussions with your own family about what's right and wrong? Maybe some disagreements that have even separated and turned into arguments in your own family about what's right and wrong. Anybody? Yes? That's why we're doing this series because we have got to understand what truth is and what the lies are that we hear. Now, here's the good news. As we march into this series, God in his great wisdom has not left us just to have to figure it out on our own. He's gonna teach us today in this section of scripture about how we can stand and speak the truth, how we can speak the truth, the word of God, and how we can use that word of God to change the world. I've said this so many times, I just believe that it's the word of God that's gonna change the world. And so we best know how God's gonna use that word in our lives. So if you're looking at your outline, right? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at this first point. How is it that uh, we're gonna understand truth and know the lies? How do we respond to the lies in our world? St. Paul began with this. In verse one and two, he said, I give you this charge, preach the word. Go ahead and write that in your blanks, right? How is it that we're gonna face up to the lies of the world? He said, preach the word. I find it interesting as St. Paul is telling Timothy how to speak the truth into the world as an as a, a, a apprentice pastor that he didn't say, here's how you're gonna do it. Here's how you're gonna change the world. Here's how you're gonna change truth. Here's what you're gonna do. I charge you to do great miracles. He didn't say that. He said, I charge you to raise the dead. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I charge you to heal the sick. He didn't say that. What did he say? How did he charge them? To speak truth into the world and to make a difference? He said, preach the word. It sounds so simple, but it isn't. Preach the word, the word. I just believe that you know what God's most often used tool to change people's hearts and minds is? It's not a great miracle. It's not writing in the sky, right? It's not hearing a voice at night. The tool that God uses more than any to change a heart, to change a mind, to speak truth into our world is the word of God. The Bible, the Bible is God's favorite tool to work change. So how did St. Paul say we are to preach the word? How is it that we're to speak truth into our world today? Well, guess what? I found seven things, right? Seven things we're gonna just talk about that we can find here in, in 2 Timothy 4. First of all, he says, speak confidently. If you're feeling in blanks, Fill that out, speak confidently. He said, preach the word. Listen friends, when we preach, when we speak the word of God, when we speak God's truth from his word to others, we don't have to be shy. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to wonder if that's enough or if it's good enough or if we've used it correctly. We don't have to worry about those things. We can be confident that when we speak the word, that the power of God will accompany that word because it is God's word. Have you heard me say this? It is so important and I'm gonna continue to say it for the rest of my life. The word of God is not like any other book. The word of God is utterly unique. There is no other book that has ever been like the word of God because the word of God is inspired. It is inerrant and it is infallible. You know what those words mean, right? Inspired means it's God's word. He gave it to the authors. Inerrant means it has no errors. There are no mistakes. It never lies or tells a half truth. It is always correct whether we like it or not. And it is infallible. It means it will never fail to accomplish its plan or its purpose. And that's why we can be confident when we preach the word because it doesn't depend on us. It's the powerful word of God, the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God that he will use to change hearts, to change minds, to change the world so we can preach it confidently and boldly. The Bible is a fire that can melt the coldest heart. The Bible is a sword that can cut the hardest soul. The Bible is a lamp that can enlighten the darkest heart. So we can use that word of God boldly and confidently because of the powerful tool it is that God has given us. Y'all get that, right? So preach the word confidently. Second, speak the word compellingly, right? He said, uh, St. Paul said, be prepared, right? The word for prepared by the way in the Greek is a word that was used for a soldier that would be ready to go to battle at any moment. That was the, side of the, the idea of that word, be prepared. Be ready to go to battle at any moment. Be prepared to speak the word of God and to speak it compellingly, to speak it with confidence and no fear. Be prepared no matter where you are, what's going on, to speak the word with joy and enthusiasm. Don't shrink back. Don't be afraid to speak the word, but speak it with excitement and enthusiasm. You know, I know some preachers. <laughs> I know some preachers that should either put some fire in their sermon or they should put their sermon in the fire. Do you know what I mean? And some speakers of the same way. You know, the people will only get as excited about the truth of God as you are about the truth of God. So don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of the truth of God's word. Don't be ashamed to speak boldly and with joy and excitement about the word of God, right? Speak the word compellingly. Speak it confidently, compellingly. And third, speak it, St. Paul said, continuously. He said, in season and out of season, speak the word. You know, I, you know what I think that means? It's not really talking about weather or seasons of the church year. What it means is that we need to speak the truth when it's convenient and when it's inconvenient. It means we need to speak the truth when it's popular and when it's unpopular. It means we need to speak the truth when people agree with it and when they disagree with it. We speak the truth all the time, no matter what, in season and out of season. Do you see? We speak the truth continuously. We speak it confidently, compellingly, continuously, Next we speak it convictingly. Is that a word? I don't know if it is, but I needed another C word, right? Convictingly, right, with, with, we, 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 we use it to correct, as St. Paul said, to convict people of their sin. All right, tell me if you think I'm right or wrong on this one, right? This is kind of a Dan idea, so be worried right now, right? Here's what I think, it's okay to confront people with the problem of sin? When did it ever become wrong to tell some people that they were doing something that was harmful to themselves or others? When did it become wrong to be able to say to someone that what they're doing is harmful or sinful, right? And I am shocked at how far the needle has moved on that, you know, to the point where even parents these days are afraid to tell their children that a behavior or a feeling that they have is sinful or wrong. I met with a parent not long ago who was having some problems with, a, with one of their kids, and this is a quote. This parent said to me, I didn't agree, I, I don't agree with him, but who am I to tell him that he's wrong? Honest. But this is not just a one-off. I truly believe that's how far the needle has moved in America today, that for some reason, it's even wrong for a parent to tell their child that they're thinking or feeling something is wrong. Would you agree or am I just weird on this? You feel it, you see it, right? So see, listen, St. Paul says, correct with the word of God, correct as you speak the truth. Don't be ashamed to speak the truth in love. In fact, don't even not just be ashamed. You are commanded by God to correct, to speak convictingly, all right? Speak confidently, compellingly, continuously, convictingly. Next, speak courageously. St. Paul said we must rebuke. And whenever you rebuke someone, you know that you're going to offend someone, right? It takes courage to speak the truth. And when we rebuke, we will offend people and we will be called names, right? We will be called harsh, hateful, narrow-minded, unloving, intolerant. There's a whole long list of names when we speak the truth in love, when someone hears something they don't wanna hear. And yet remember, our goal as believers is not to be liked, but to speak the truth and let God do his work. Speak confidently, compellingly, continuously, convictingly, courageously. That's five, two more, flip your outline. St. Paul also says we are to speak constructively. He uses the word encourage, speak encouraging words. That word in the Greek encourage means to build up, right? As we share the truth, the goal is not to tear someone down. The goal is not to beat them up. The goal is to speak the truth in a winsome manner so that it will make sense, they'll believe it, and they will be built up in the truth, right? So here's what I think. I think we should work to not only tell people what they cannot be without Jesus, but we should work twice as hard so that they know what they can be with Jesus in their life. Do you see the difference? right? We're we're called to build people up, to help them know and love Jesus, because when they know and love Jesus, that's when the love of Jesus gets into them, and that's what changes hearts and minds, right? So it's not about what not, but what they can be when we build them up in the Lord. And then finally, speak compassionately. St. Paul put it this way, with great patience and careful instruction. Great patience, Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. Roses don't bloom in a moment. Fruit isn't born in a minute. Sometimes when we speak the truth, we need to patiently wait, compassionately give folks time to wrestle and grasp the word of God so that the word of God through the spirit can work change in their lives. All right, so... What is it that we do to use the word of God? We speak confidently, compellingly, continuously, convictingly, courageously, constructively, and compassionately. That's a task, isn't it? But guess what? We're not alone in this, right? It's God the Holy Spirit that is with us, enabling us, empowering us, using us to bring truth to our world. Now, two quick things. If you're thinking, man, we're never getting out of here, these ones are go fast right? Realize, number two, that when we do these seven things, when we speak the truth this way, that people won't like it. People won't like the truth. Again, St. Paul knew this, and he said, the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Again, that Greek word for sound, like sound doctrine, is the we get our English word hygiene from that word. It means healthy or health-giving. People won't put up with healthy doctrine, healthy teachings, with uh, health-giving truth. So, you know, what we're called to do is to speak the truth. We can't control what pe- how people receive the truth, but all we can control is that we speak the truth. So we speak it so that they can hear the healthy, health-giving truth. Whether they believe it or not, it's not up to us. We just speak it. Right, And then he says, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Have you ever heard of itching ear syndrome? Not a physical, real itching ear syndrome, but biblical itching ear syndrome, right? That's what happens when, when, when you listen to people who tell you what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. That's itching ear syndrome or it's caring more about what God can do for you than what God is calling you to do for him and others. That's itching ear syndrome, right? Wanting to get that scratch, scratch, whether it's good or bad or right or wrong, it doesn't matter. And then this scary verse, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Do you see that happening at all today? Right, people turning to the craziest things and thinking that that's truth. That's going on all around us, isn't it, right? So it's, that's why it's so important for us that we speak the truth, we speak the word into the world in which we live. Because if the solid meat of God's word is not spoken, then people will turn to the, to the curdled milk of, of uh, political correctness, or new age theology or satanic deception or our own sinful selves. Do you see? It's more important now than ever that we speak the truth of God. And third, when we do, it's not gonna be easy. If you think God's calling you to an easy task to speak the truth in a world that doesn't wanna hear the truth, you don't understand what it means, right? It's not gonna be easy. St. Paul leaves us with these encouraging words. He says, keep your head in all situations endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge the duties of your ministry. Do you hear all of the words in there are like, come on guys, let's do this. It's not gonna be easy, but bear down, work hard, accomplish the task that you've been given, work to speak the truth and watch what God will do. So to close, and I just really believe that speaking the truth will be the most important thing that you ever do in your life nothing will matter more or make more of a difference and impact than learning how to speak truth into this world in which we live. So God bless you as you use some of these tools that St. Paul has given us today. And God bless us all as we work through the sermon series on the lies we believe so that we can distinguish lies from truth and speak it boldly, amen. All right, friends, well, let's say thank you to God for the truth of God's word that he's given us and so much more with our offerings. As the baskets come by, I wanna thank you for your giving. You all know these are the gifts we use to lift up Jesus Christ in our world and our community. So thank you for joining us on that mission. If you're able, would you please stand as we come to our amazing God in prayer. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, more than welcome. You are needed here. You are needed here at this place, right here in the Fox Valley. You are needed right here in this place, in our hearts, in our mouths, in our minds that we might hear the lies and know the truth and be able to speak that truth boldly and confidently into a world that needs it now more than ever. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place, Lord. Flood this place with your strength, your power, your glory, that through us all may know you. Lord, we're so grateful for your presence in our lives, in the good and the bad and everything in between. We celebrate today with, with Joseph Van Grinsven and and Jessica who were just married just hours ago for this beautiful couple and the wonderful vows they made and the promises you made to be a part of their lives as husband and wife. God, we just give you thanks and are so excited for their future together. Lord, we, we celebrate with Alexandria and christopher chisholm in their five-year anniversary of their marriage and ask that you would continue just to bless all couples with a love that comes straight from you and lord we celebrate with little sam and lily wagner who had this beautiful baby boy Rhett. he was born three months early but he is doing great and he is just a joy already and we celebrate with Our pastor, Leon Knitt, who this weekend celebrates his 60th anniversary of his ordination into the ministry. Pastor Knitt has been serving you God long and faithfully and we are so thankful and grateful to have him be a part of our family here at Faith as well. Lord, we also know that there are those who need that Holy Spirit presence through healing in their lives. We pray for Jennifer Klein and Mary Gassman and all of those on our ongoing health and healing prayer list that, that you would work through doctors and nurses and medicine and technology to bring your good gift of healing into their lives. And through it all, God, may they just be able to take this time of challenge and difficulty and use it to grow closer to you and closer to each other. And finally, Lord, we pause as each of us just comes to you with our own personal heart, our thoughts, our prayers, knowing that you hear and listen. Thank you god the father god the son and god the holy spirit one god in three persons for loving us hearing us and answering our prayers as you know is best and now together we join in the prayer that jesus himself taught us the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord has prepared this great meal to give you peace and joy. So take a moment now to share that peace and joy with one another before you are seated and come forward to his table. abel would you please stand having received this incredible gift from god himself now may this true body and blood of christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the true faith unto life everlasting go now in the peace joy and great forgiveness of your god amen and as you go the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Let's
2: sing this last song.
0: This is